Today on Locked On Canadians, we're going to build a dream franchise. And what we're going to do is we're going to talk about how we would do it differently or the same as the current iteration of the Montreal Canadiens. All of that is coming up on today's Locked On Canadians. You are Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 889. We thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. My name is Laura Saba, also known as the Active Stick, and I'm joined as always by Scott Matlove, Habs Eyes on the Prize. Scott, it is silly season. Yesterday you said you didn't want to say it was the doldrums of summer, but let's be honest, August is just around the corner. It is the doldrums of summer. We've got a lot of fun ideas sent to us by our, by our listeners. Uh, but today, Scott had a brainwave while driving, and uh, we came together to put together a fun idea. Scott, how are you doing? this evening as we're getting ready to record and hopefully you're not falling out of your new chair no i'm not i'm just trying to adjust the back to find out where's the most comfortable spot for recording on this show right now um but yeah i was driving back down 33 in buffalo coming back from running some errands today and i pass the every day i see the billboard for the powerball and the mega millions drawing the Mega Millions is up to, I think, like $810 million, and the Powerball is at $1.1 billion. It's an obscene amount of money that Carly and I were talking the other day, like, what would we do with it? We would just vanish into the ether. You would never hear from us again unless we, you, we wanted you to hear from us again. We love you all dearly, but that would be the plan as we disappeared into the moors of Scotland forever. And I kind of had a thought today that I, because we were recording three episodes at the beginning of this week and then the mailbag at the back half of this week here. And it kind of hit me while I was trying to go, what if Laura and I had a billion dollars to do and we could buy any franchise we wanted in the NHL based on around what, I mean, some teams might need a little bit more, but then we'll just, you know, find another investor or whatever. But a billion dollars is enough to buy pretty much any team in the NHL. And my thought was, what team would we buy if we are excluding the Canadians from this thing here? Because we are a Canadians podcast. We can buy any of the other 31 teams. Yes. Also, can we exclude Toronto and New York because their value was too much for us to afford? Or did you want to buy one of those? Well, I'm going to cross out Toronto and ruin it for the lulls as part of my reasoning. So I had another backup plan. Don't worry about that. But Okay, go on. I will, I will, ins- I originally I was going to say as the joke was I would buy Toronto and just run it straight into the ground, uh, Harold Ballard style, but. But they're not, you're, okay, so Her- Harold Ballard was obviously an awful person, but I think you don't need to buy it because whatever they're doing right now doesn't really make any sense. I don't know if they're being run straight into the ground, but they're not really improving their team. They're rather going a tired old route that we know doesn't work. 
Yeah, any yeah, anytime you can sign Max Domi and maybe decide on trading William Nealer and TJ Brody, but this is not about the Leafs. You can listen to Lockdown Leafs to hear about the Leafs. And I sat and I kind of racked my brain on what I would do with a billion dollars and which franchise I would want to buy. And my thought was out of anything else, I think I would buy the Vancouver Canucks. And I thought about because I, I I thought about a non-traditional market. I thought about Columbus, a team that might be on the way up here. And then I thought, why not another rabid fan base? One that we know is very passionate, rightly and wrongly sometimes. Truly one of the most passionate. And I use that term both in a positive and a negative sense of the word. Just ask my mentions during Canucks games. And my biggest thought is, Buying the team from Francisco Aquilini and turning it around with basic things to help make this team and the experience better would change the world and make you a hero in Vancouver. I do not know when my micro, why my Wi-Fi is cutting out on me again. So that's annoying, and I apologize. Um, so you're still here, though. We can still hear you. We just can't see you. And we're just going to continue the show this way uh, just because I don't, you know, I feel like we're on a good, we're on, on a good train. So I really, I was curious because I thought out of all the franchises, I did not think that um, buying the Canucks was going to be one of them. I, I truly, they weren't even in my, like, top five. Uh, so go on. I would like you to elaborate a little bit more, and then I'll give you mine. Mine is a pretty is is, is a bit easier, but go on. I, I just look at it as that Aquilini has a lot of negative debt karma karma debt built up with this fan base here, and I look at this in the thought of if you come in and you were the owner that allows a smart management group or brings in a smart management group and turns this team around, turns it back into a Stanley Cup contender, turns it back into a top team, you are going to be a legend in that in that organization forever. And they have pieces to make it happen. It might need a little bit of work, but actually being honest with this fan base and saying, we are going to rebuild a little bit here. We are going to retool. We're going to have a couple of bad years here. And then we are going to turn this around in quick order and go for it. Kind of like what Kent Hughes has done a little bit in Montreal is that if you can do this, you are setting yourself up for just a lifetime of success, never having to, you know, be afraid of what your mentions look like. And it seems like it's not that hard to do. There's some good core pieces there. There's some young piece they can build on a year or two of good drafting and you could turn the Canucks around immediately. And I think the biggest thing is you're just getting rid of, I don't want to call it dead wood, but I'm going to call it dead wood a little bit here. You're, you're sitting pretty like real easy as owner of the Vancouver Canucks. I think your reasoning is solid. Like what I would do honestly is buy a team that's desperately in need of a new arena. And I don't believe in using public funds to like to build stadia stadiums, arenas whatever unless the public votes on it so like if you're like you know i live in montreal there's a lot of debate about a baseball stadium here and as a taxpayer in montreal i would want to vote on whether or not my tax dollars should be used on a stadium uh or an arena or whatever a baseball stadium 
So I would buy a team that wasn't worth that wasn't that expensive so that I could use the surplus funds to build a new arena. Um, and I would try and rebrand from scratch. So there's not really a whole lot you can currently do uh, with with the on ice product in terms of personnel. You, like even if you fire your GM, even if you fire your entire front office and coaching staff, you can't get rid of player contracts all that easily. Whoever comes in is going to have to shed them, as we've seen with the Montreal Canadiens, right? You inherit a lot of contracts. You inherited the, the, the previous uh, front office's uh, coaching staff and things like that. And so I feel like what's good for what, what's a good idea to do if you are a billionaire is to buy a team from scratch and do a rebrand. I'm not talking about relocation or expansion because we're going to talk about that in our next segment. And Scott and I might um, differ greatly. So one of the things like I would do, like it, realistically, they're not currently for sale because they just got bought. But I would buy the Ottawa Senators. I would rebrand them to make them less lame. And I would build an arena somewhere where it's not, you know, it's not going to be a nightmare to get out of at the end of the game. It's not hard to get to Canada. People are always like, it's so hard to get there. It's fine. It's not hard to get there. It's trying to get out of the arena after the game. Um, so that's the big issue there. So I would, I would buy them. I would rebrand them. And I would just like, I would literally just be like, you know, days of them being a laughing stock are over. Um, and another team that I would have loved to do that with would have been, the Columbus Blue Jackets, not because they need a rebrand or anything like that. I mean, I don't necessarily agree with their current hiring decisions and all of that, but I would get rid of that cannon. That's I would buy Columbus just to get rid of that cannon in that arena. That's what I would do. Um, but I think uh, I, I think buying the Senators and making them less lame, keeping them in Ottawa, but making them just not the Senators. Uh, I think that that would be my goal. In the meantime, we do the next thing we want to talk about is if we could relocate a current franchise uh, or expand somewhere, assuming we could, you know, we could we could get the NHL's approval. Where would we do that? And that's all coming up in our next segment. But first, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to two hundred dollars. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll get $200 in bonus bets, whether you win or you lose. That's 200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to get the first home run. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball and us. All right. So, uh, it you know, Scott, this always happens like when I'm not looking my best is like when you disappear. <laughs> um, when I'm having a good hair day. Your Wi-Fi is fine. Uh, and I have to, like, you know, I'm not the only one in the screen. Uh, so let's talk about what franchises we would relocate if we could. And that's why I thought we were going to differ on this point, because I'm going to buy Ottawa and keep it in Ottawa. And I feel like that's the first franchise you'd relocate. Um, but give me your thoughts. If, if we took our billion dollars and we got approval from the NHL to move a current franchise to a new city, which one would we select and where would we move it to? 
I suppose my first question is I have no idea how my camera quality looks because I look fine on my own screen, but uh you just look no like you look frozen. That's right now. Oh, we that's can see great. like we can see Scott's face, but it's frozen. That's just all right. I love technology and I love Wi-Fi so much. So um my thought is I thought about Taking, of course, Arizona, because, of course, it's the easy way out is like, ah, I'll just take Arizona and move them. And I still think that's what I would do. But I I don't think I'm going to do that now because it feels like it's the easy way out, all things considered. If, if we were considering relocating, I would almost wonder, because Florida just went to the Stanley Cup. Obviously, Tampa's very good. There's not a team that I'm looking at that goes, I need to move this team. And my thought is, what if I, what if we brought in another expansion franchise here? And my biggest thing to that is I want to bring the thrashers back no matter what I don't, I we've beat the whole Nordiques thing to death. I would love to give the thrashers an opportunity to come back into the NHL and make a real like deep, southern conference there you can have carolina you can have atlanta the two florida teams uh dallas and then maybe you put arizona in there or something like that and you have just a a truly southern conference i guess washington if you're far south enough for that but i think making that happen and i think that atlanta has the ability to sustain a hockey team and i know that it hasn't worked the way they intended to uh, in previous years, either due to poor ownership or not having success. But we look at what Seattle already did, and we look at what uh, Vegas has done and what these hardcore fan bases are starting to do down in you know the southern hockey markets. And I think the time is right to absolutely give Atlanta that shot. And maybe it doesn't work, but who knew if Seattle or Vegas was going to work, to be quite honest? You never know until it happens. And I think out of everything, I wouldn't move the Coyotes, even though that is the what I would do realistically, is I'd move them right back into Quebec City, but that's neither here nor there. Is I think my plan would not be to relocate so much as expand and bring Atlanta back into the league once again. I honestly, for me, I look at all the franchises and it does make sense, but it would it like it's not creative to say Arizona. And also, like by the time you know, you get all your Powerball winnings and then the American government takes half of it or whatever it is. Did you know that if you win the lottery in Canada, you don't you don't get taxed on your winnings? Um, anyway, by the time all of that gets sorted out, Arizona is going to move elsewhere. So that's going to be taken care of. Honestly, I would take a team um, not out of like revenge or anything like that. Like I would just look at a team where it's underperforming financially and it's in a market where no matter what they do, it's never going to, it's never going to be good money and I would move it. And so I was trying to look through, you know, the revenue and the TV ratings and things like that. I was really, really thinking hard and I, I don't think that I would move Columbus, even though on those metrics, it tends to come out lowest because I think it's solidified as part of the community. And I think for them, they do well. Um, I would move the Anaheim Ducks for me. Um, like there's already a team there and I know, I'm sorry, you know, to all the Anaheim Ducks fans out there, I would move the Anaheim Ducks. There's already a team in Southern California. Uh, the Ducks are not um, currently drawing a lot. 
actually, you know what? I'm just going to be petty and I'm going to move New Jersey. Um, I was like, you know, I would move the Ducks, blah, blah, blah. Like, it feels like they're kind of an afterthought. It was a really cool idea when they, you know, when they came up. I'm just going to move New Jersey. I don't think New Jersey needs a franchise. I, I think they do well. Uh, from what I can tell, they've got a very passionate, rabid fan base. They aren't doing too terribly financially and they're on the up and up. But I would just move New Jersey out of pettiness and I would move them to literally anywhere. Maybe I'd give New York a third team. That's what I would do. I, that's honestly amazing because I had never thought about that. Like, I, Anaheim, I mean, like, I get it. At the same time, I think they want to keep that California market basically up and down the coast. I'd be curious to see if you could get a team into San Francisco. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by the idea of moving New Jersey because they can't fit another team at Madison Square Garden. The Islanders already split a lot at Belmont Arena or UBS Arena or whatever the hell that it is on Long Island there. And... The builder or an arena in the Bronx. <laughs> the yeah, because there's there. there's any space for that and rent's not <laughs> high enough as it is. Like, congratulations to the Poughkeepsie Devils. Like <laughs> I had never Yonkers. thought about Let's oh, take them to God. Yonkers. <laughs> Jesus Christ. As someone who helps someone move in the in the boroughs of New York City, no. There's just there's not enough space for anything. Yeah, like, and I had never thought about moving an established team. Like, everyone talks about the Coyotes or the Panthers for so long, but no one talks about moving an established team that, and if I'm going to move, it's almost like I'm looking at now, like, Canadian teams here, the Ottawa Senators, uh, they're not going anywhere after they've just been sold, but, like, deals can be changed in a heartbeat. I'm just trying to think around the NHL, which established team could you, and I mean like established, established, could you move? And like New Jersey somehow both makes perfect sense and doesn't. And also I'm with you that I am being petty and yeah, we're just going to move them off this like literal diaper infested trash heap. That is the city of Newark to somewhere that doesn't smell like ass nine tenths of the year. Like, I don't know if my problem is with Newark. I think my problem is with the fans. <laughs> I mean, my, my problem is with Newark because Newark sucks, but that's, <laughs> and I understand before anyone wants to get mad. Yeah. I live in Buffalo. I'm aware of Buffalo's problems. It doesn't smell like trash when it gets above 55 degrees outside and it doesn't have the worst airport that I've ever had the misfortune to fly through. And that includes LaGuardia, which was terrible for the longest time. This has turned into an accidental rant about flying on airlines here. I had a curious thought. You can't move the Detroit Red Wings, can you? Because that was one that, like, they're right on a border town there, and but they're nope. original six. They're and not just I, original six; like they're they're like fabric of Detroit. You know what I mean? So here's my question: If you had to move one of the original six franchises, which one would it be? Boston, so they can't have a team. Yeah, I mean, poor Boston fans, I guess, haven't suffered enough in their lifetime for, you know, <laughs> not winning a championship in six years or seven years, whatever it is. Whenever the last time the Red Sox or Patriots won a thing. Uh, yeah, I'm down for it. Relocate the New Jersey Devils. Let's do it. That's what we're doing. All right. So we were going to relate this to the Montreal Canadiens because it is a Montreal Canadiens podcast. So we're going to talk about what we would do differently 
Um, in comparison to the Montreal Canadiens, let's say we've bought the Ottawa Senators or rebranding them or we're moving New Jersey to, where did we say we we're going to move it to? Yonkers? Um, Literally uh, anywhere that doesn't smell like trash and butt. So <laughs> so we're going to talk about how we would do it differently than the Montreal Canadiens in just one moment here on Locked On Canadiens. All right. So, Scott, we have bought a team and we have relocated it. It is currently any team, whatever team, like we didn't have a consensus as to what we would do. Uh, so let's just say we've, we've acquired this team. We've got the necessary approvals. Um, it's an expansion franchise, so we can kind of start from scratch. Let's do that. All right. So, so how would we do it differently? And how would we do, like, what would we do that is the same or similar to what the Montreal Canadiens have done? I mean, here's the thing is we've never seen the Canadians as pickers in an expansion draft, obviously because original six team and everything, but we've seen how they've handled two different expansion drafts with Seattle and Vegas in the past decade, which it's even less than that. And in both times, they didn't lose anybody key off the roster. They lost Alexi Emelin, who was then traded, I think, to Nashville. And they lost Kale Fleury, which, okay, younger prospect, mostly playing uh, in the AHL for Seattle there. And then you have some teams, and I know we're relating this to the Canadians, but the biggest thing here is that when doing expansion is find the worst GM in the league, which at the time of the Vegas expansion draft was apparently... Uh, Dale Talon in Florida because two key pieces of the Vegas Golden Knights Stanley Cup team came from Florida and that if we are operating this expansion draft we go we will take a bad contract off your team and let's say they're looking at Montreal we will take Joel Joel Armia off the roster but we want Christ I don't know your franchise goaltender the Canadians don't have a franchise goaltender is the issue right now. All right, we're talking about today's Canadians. Wait, 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 hold on. Let's start from the beginning, though. Who would we hire for our front office? I mean, there's a lot of very smart... See, I would follow what Seattle did. They hired a lot of very smart people, and their scouting staff seems to be very smart in there. Getting a good pro scouting head and a good amateur scouting head is the key here. I look at what... Seattle's done in terms of amateur scouting and the draft picks that they've made. They've done a really good job in just two years loading up on talented prospects. And I don't want to get someone who doesn't quite know the ins and outs. Like I am up for hiring someone new. I do not want to hire a retread to run this team or anything, but I want someone who knows the ins and outs of things. I look at Kent Hughes as a young, young rookie GM, whatever you want to call it in the NHL. And he knows how to navigate things because he's got a Jeff Gordon-like backup. Can you find a player agent looking to make that transition? And can you find them or do they have an assistant they can work with in mind to be their second to kind of streamline things to help get through those bumpy early days of navigating paperwork and all these other things? And then you hire your head of amateur scouting and you hire your heads of pro scouting. And I look at some of these people who have gotten hired from elite prospects. I look at Arik Parnas who works in, in analytics for the Chicago or Colorado avalanche and is one of Stanley cup winner. Arik yes. Parnas. Eyes on the prize alumni, nonetheless. 
And I look at that and I go, look at these public scouting services and see who's putting in the work. You don't always have to agree with their input, but they're going to have the knowledge that you need out of that. Do you and look the at the way they think? Like, do they think outside the box? Do they care about the correct things? Yes. I look at someone like Mitch Brown, who is always very thoughtful in his approach to everything. Even if he doesn't love a player that he is reviewing, he looks at every part of their game. Here are the positives. That is someone I want in my amateur scouting staff. I want them here because I know that they look at everything and they have these connections and they know how to analyze things without being unfair. Professional scouting is always a little bit different because everyone's got different viewpoints in that I'm trying to think of a good team that has done a really good job with professional scouting. And I'm, I'm not, I think Colorado has done a pretty good job. I think Tampa Bay has done a very good job with that. And their head of professional scouting, I believe has just retired and moved into a different role in the front office with the team. Now, maybe someone like that and someone with a younger, fresher mindset there, and you get that together. That is how I want to start building my next left, my next uh, franchise team here. And then hiring in sports science and hiring in analytics to let me know about the things that I don't see or I don't always see that they see in the numbers there and what they are seeing on the ice. Like I'm not quite money ball, but not, not money ball. If that makes sense. Yeah. You want to marry the best of all the worlds, right? Like I know a lot of people are very polarized and like, we're doing this only, or we're going this route only. We only want this type of thinker. We only want this type of philosophy. And I think for me, like what I would do personally myself is I would have like the best mind in terms of let's say analytics, but then take one of the most renowned and respected old school people as well and put them together and just kind of like have, have them fight it out. And then as like the, the GM or whatever, make that decision. Right. So like, I would want a balance of everything and I would want, um, I would want, cause I don't think that it's useless to think the old way. I, I just think that the game is evolved and you have to evolve with it. So the people that I would hire for my front office would be out of the box and bold, but also rely a little bit on experience as well. So I don't think, like, I find that, like, sometimes people think that experience is the only thing that matters. It's like, have you played the game? Have you coached the game? Have you whatever? And sometimes people think that analytics or business acumen is the only thing that matters. And I think it's everything. If you want an advantage over all the other teams, you have to get the best of everything. Um, So that's where I would go. Also, my other thought is get someone good in terms of marketing and promotion. The Habs have struggled with this a little bit in the past and that it's a very somewhat plain and boring potentially. And I'm not saying you need to go full hurricanes where it's LOL, look at us. We need to be the main character on Twitter. But I look at some of the artwork and stuff like the Panthers did and like the Vegas Golden Knights did and Carolina did in the playoffs. And I go, even if you're hiring local artists, like what every month is that you have a new artist or someone that you are featuring doing your uh, game day artwork and stuff for the show, for the game, not the show. If anyone wants to do artwork for the show, please let us know. <laughs> um, draw attention to that. It makes it so important. And I think it changes things a lot for what people are going to be looking for. So if you can start off on the right foot with your, with a fresh look coming into presenting your team to people on social media and in-game presentation and everything. Vegas did it right. Their pregame ceremony is, it, it's a show in and of itself. 
making yourself stand out, I think is such a crucial aspect that it's one of the most important hires you can do. Cause if you can get eyes on your team and make fans from fans and other fan bases, you're doing a great job going forward. And that's after you've got your front office kind of sorted out and everything. Yeah. I think one of the things with the Canadians that I would have to do differently is the Canadians have the longevity and they have the history and they fall back on that a lot. And they, and it's kind of like, it's been, it's been called tired, right? A lot of people from outside the fan base complain. And then now in the fan base, it's like, let's do something new. I do like what they're doing now. They seem to be opening up a little bit and kind of getting with the times and being a lot less conservative with the way that they approach their marketing, which I really like. Like it just, it, they're less stuffy. They're less, they're less kind of reliant on their past. And, and not that their past isn't like glorious and shouldn't be incorporated in some way. I just find that like when you have a new, new team, you can kind of build an identity like that. And it could be ridiculous. Like the Vegas pregame shows are ridiculous. It's like a gladiator, whatever, like knights and things like that. And people like, you know, especially from other fan bases were like, oh, what is that? I wouldn't, you know, but if the, like, it works for them. It, it expands, you know, it expands their friend, their, their fandom. It's and Vegas. So, it's yeah. supposed to be cheesy and over the top. That's Las Vegas, baby. 100%. Like- so I think they did a really good job with that. And I think like with Seattle too, it's like they did a good job of, really focusing on Seattle and the Pacific Northwest identity and the idea of the Kraken as well. Right. So like they kind of incorporated both things, but like, you know, we saw a lot of like grunge motifs. We saw a lot of like teal, you know, things like that. Like it was true to the city and it's like, it does seem a little bit kitschy, but at the same time you're trying to attract like new fans. You're trying to attract young people and you're trying to just be fun and not take yourself too seriously. And I find, you know, like you look at Toronto's marketing, it's really not great. They just take themselves so seriously. It's not good. You know, so I think I think there's really, really a lot to be said for having that expansion opportunity where you can just be silly and have everybody laugh with you instead of at you. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, then we could it's hard to do expansion drafts right now without knowing who's on what contract and everything after that. But I think the biggest thing is building modern with experience in there is it's not that the Canadians haven't tried to start getting into that. Cause I know that's what we were comparing it to, but I think that we can borrow what they've done decently. Well, I think Hughes and Gorton are a good combination. They brought in Chris Boucher for sports science and analytics. And we've seen teams like Seattle and Tampa Bay and other teams do this. That seems to be the basis for building a potentially successful franchise right out of the gate right now. So I hope you all enjoyed this episode. We did a little bit outside the box thinking, and I know it's not for everybody, but I I do hope you're entertained. We do want to hear what your thoughts are. Like what team would you buy? Where would you relocate or expand to? How would you do things differently than the Montreal Canadiens? And you can let us know, but also do not forget your mailbag questions, whether they're about prospects or not. Uh, Please send us your mailbag questions to lockedoncanadians at gmail.com. You can also tweet or DM them on Twitter, LO underscore Canadians. You can also leave them in the YouTube comments, but please specify at the beginning if it's a mailback question or if it's a prospect mailback question, just so we know you're not responding just to the episode that you want us to actually bring it up on our Friday mailbag. In the meantime, you will find us on wherever you get your podcasts as well as on YouTube. You'll find us on Twitter, as I said, at LO underscore Canadians. I'm at the active stick. Scott is at Scott Matla. Um, And thank you so much for listening. And we will talk to you on Friday.